All right, Kev, we're on. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, dude? Too much. Um, excited to be back into it this week. We got a uh, very much exciting tournament, uh, exciting weekend sports, obviously, in general with the Super Bowl. Uh, the sim- you know, similar venue of this course being in uh, Scottsdale, and then we'll be in there as well. I think it's going to produce a a good crowd, good atmosphere, and um, the field is amazing as well. I think it's saw 22 out of the top 25 players in the world. Um, so uh, much needed and very much looking forward to it. Yeah, a little jolt of excitement after a pretty uh, dreary weekend. And we'll take some time and obviously talk about the waste management and recap Pebble a little bit. But let's open up with, and, and let's give a, a peek behind the curtain, I gave you a little premise this morning that I wanted to talk about, and I'll give uh, I'll give an intro to why I wanted to talk about that and w- what I was feeling like. And it, it starts with this. I love this game. I love it so much that I want to talk about it weekly with my boy and record ourselves and watch it and keep track of this stuff. And I, I obsess over it. And point being... I listened back to some of these podcasts and I just found myself complaining so much about the product, about the tournaments. And I I found myself saying, all right, let's just get through this bad week and let's get on to next week. But I felt like next week was a bad week too. Like every time we got to next week, I was still not, not super excited to watch and consume and looking forward to the next week, which I thought would be better. So I, I asked you, I just wanted you to ponder that question. Is that me? Am I just grumpy? Am I onto something? What is going on in my subconscious that's making me so unexcited about the game that I love so very much? So I think I think it's a couple of things, but um, so the first thing I'll talk about is obviously like the reason that we do these pools or the reason why I, I think most people sign up is, is just um, competitive nature, right? Like people want to have something to look forward to but you know go and like make these picks and and hopefully have their guys do well and and beat the people the other people in the pool right there's money involved and you want to have success obviously um but with that being said like there's and i I think that's a good approach to take leading up to the tournament and leading up to making your pick like you you want to put some thought into who you're picking and you want to try to beat the other people that you're going up against but during the tournament and like during the weekend and after the fact, I think the only like result you can have that's kind of that makes you feel anything is like a negative one almost. And what I mean by that is either your guy makes the cut and you're like, because you, cause like you can't really follow, to be honest. Like if you're watching on TV, they're showing who they want to show. They're showing the celebrities more so because. I think the, like most casual fans are more interested in watching them, or at least I, I talked with a couple of people who I just happened to be with um, over the weekend and we were watching, you know, a little bit on TV and, you know, they seem more interested in the celebrity, which I, from my standpoint, I'm like, I get those guys out of there. Like, I don't even want them on the court. Right. It, if it I ruins- could see Jake Owen just one more time, like that would be <laughs> great. Like I, like I give a shit how he plays at Pebble. Like, come on, man. Yeah, but I think I think that like so and, and so that's what it is, right? Like you, if you're not you're not really following, even for like 
guys like you and me were very much into it. Like if, if you want to try to track on shot tracker, it's literally all you're all you'll do for hours. So if you're like with anybody else or like trying to have like a real Saturday or Sunday, it's really not feasible to follow it. So all you're doing is checking scores after the fact and either you're getting the result that you want, which you're like, okay, good. Like I'm, that's what should have happened. Or like yeah. you're seeing your guy blow up to like plus seven in like a 10 minute <laughs> stretch and you're like losing your mind because you can't see what's happening. And you're like, I don't know. It's just a right. very frustrating experience from that at that point. So I don't know. Uh, if you have no, you hit it right. And I was, so what got me, what got me thinking is I'm trying to watch Pebble Beach golf. I'm trying to do it. It's on TV and I'm just not into it. But I feel like otherwise, like if you put the Masters on TV, I pick like I, I pick the Masters because that to me is the peak of golf. Like you can't, that is the the best golf experience, Super Bowl. So, and if you put that on TV and it's Sunday and the right people were involved, you give me a non-Patriot Super Bowl. And I think I'm watching the Masters all day over a non-Patriot Super Bowl in that scenario. And I'm like, why don't I want to watch, you know, pretty exciting golf like there were some people getting hot like even today when it was picking up and i just wasn't into it and i came up with some things that i think are missing that draw at least me personally in and it started with the atmosphere all weekend at this tournament it's crickets it's it's celebrity central it's sort of it's there's no hype at all the weather obviously kills whatever crowds there would be and then I think of like the golf that I'm really into that I'm at the edge of my seat on Ryder Cup, Masters, tight tournaments. Um, doesn't even have to be a major, but just something like the, the waste management coming up, something with an atmosphere, with a, an aura of excitement, um, people into it, uh, there being some sort of tension in the air. And like watching Rose come down the stretch today, I'm just like, I could, I could fall asleep at my desk. And I never say that. So that's the first thing that came to mind is there's just no juice in some of these things. Like let, let people in, let people in. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I think like people, people really want to, I don't, I don't know if it's golf. I think this kind of transcends the sport of golf into, into all sort of sports and all entertainment and everything that people are drawn into. And that's just, we want to see the best in the world compete. We want to know who the best are, Right. Like, uh, like, and that's what it is. And in a, in a tournament like this, it just doesn't feel like we're watching the best or like super recognizable guys that most people can like identify with. And yeah, the atmosphere is weak. And like, I, I don't know, we spoke about this as well, but like just too much like 72 hole stroke play, right? Like get the, we need the team aspect. We just need something for like people to get excited about. And I think the masters so much, it, the one thing that the PGA tour has for it is rich history and these tournaments that people know, everybody knows the masters because everybody for the most part, who's even somewhat into golf watched it growing up. So everyone has a memory of like a, a tournament that they watch. Nobody has See a memory the green of that. jacket, you know, yeah. it's recognizable. Right. And nobody has a memory of the AT AT&T Pebble beach. Crawling, I do right? now. I do now, but <laughs> Now that you join this, pool. yeah, that's the curse of joining this pool. But, but, uh, but yeah, that's what it is. I, I think that that sort of like level of recognizability transcends the sport of golf. And I don't know, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is and what the Masters has that like this tournament can't have anything more than just history. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely but something, and I'm not sure. It's it's not going to be. I know it's not going to get the hype of the Masters, but I even think like. 
just get people into it. Like I, I, I go back this summer when me and you went to one of those live golf events that was in Boston. I, I don't think that was a golf centric experience that they were presenting there. Like there was more music. There was more, uh, more non-golf entertainment for, I think, non-golf fans. But throughout the day, like you're sort of forced to become a golf fan because frankly, that's, that's where the drinking is. That's where the people are. And it culminates in what I thought like around the 18th green, like in a playoff was an incredible atmosphere. Like even on, on YouTube or ever being shown obviously in person when we were there, but just get, just get people to your facilities in these non events and, and get them around golf. And like, we're going to talk about this, but like this, this weekend being a prime example of that, I don't think the people in the stands at 16, I don't think are 95% country club members. I think you're getting like Arizona state students who are out drinking, but it's the best freaking atmosphere and presents the best memories. And that's, so that's number one for me. And then I went number two, I went a little deeper in this, in, in number two being like, why, why I'm not into it. The, the commentary for the common man, I don't think is doing it in this way. When I watch the NBA or the NFL, I know that what I'm seeing on TV, I could never do because it's like special athleticism and talent on display. Like you're watching just world-class athletes do world-class things. And I don't think people on TV understand that what golfers are doing while not athletically as flashy and as superficially special is like so stupid. If you even play golf, like the things that these guys do are just so indescribably hard that like they look routine, but there's got to be some hype around them. And I'm watching the live broadcast and Victor Hovland is coming in eight down 18 at par five plays a second shot into sort of the bottom of a tree, like into a rooted, um, like almost like a, uh, like mulched area falls up against a root and up against the front of like that little cut in cut in area. So there's grass in front of it. So the things that he's dealing with to even hit this shot, to even get the ball out of that lie are already going to be crazy. Dude picks it clean, you know, follows through into the side ball, takes a skip and stops right next to the hole. And for a commentator not to not to understand, or maybe I'm sure they understand, but not to use that moment to ex- exhibit and display what world-class talent that was, not only to get that ball onto the green and over the rough and just maybe out of that rough, but to still like the things that are required to generate spin out of that lie, like make this sport special and make these athletes special because this is not like country club stuff. Like this is, this is a different planet uh, to what we've ever seen, you know, at, at the courses you play. And it never feels like that because it looks so easy. That was a lot, dude. Sorry, yeah. but no, I got going. I, there. <laughs> I love the passion. No, yeah. um, I think that, yeah, I think it's important to note um, because a lot of times I think, and a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say this as well, but a lot, a lot of times when players want to hit those really um, difficult shots, sort of high risk, high reward shots, a lot of times there will be a conversation with the caddy ahead of time. And those, those times where they do, or like they show those conversations, oftentimes it's the caddy trying to sort of be the head, like the more, you know, voice of reason, trying to talk them off that shot. And a lot of times, like the player gets the final say, if he like, if he's like, nah, man, like I, like I got this shot and I'm going to hit it right now. And then to see him hit it, it's like, wow, that really, 
is something special. And just to hear like that banter back and forth is um is a really cool thing. So I think they need to show some more of that. And same thing with you, like there needs to be recognition or or like explanation of like here's like what this guy has and like it sounds like this is what he's going for. And and just so you know, like you can't hit this shot at home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is cr- this is crazy. Like and why is this crazy? Because you know you're driving it this way. And I just think like you look at Rory McElroy, five five ten, right? Like not a not a big dude, pretty thin. The the amount of distance he carries with a driver is freakish. Like to me, that's on the level of obviously not NBA genetics and just sheer force, but like him doing that at that size so easily, like you know, averaging three twenty three thirty with that amount of accuracy at that size is to me like on the level of MBA athleticism. Like he's just, there's one person in the world that could do that. If it, if it was that easy, everybody would. And nobody like really, obviously no, everybody knows Rory's good, but we should be like hyping this guy up. Like this is the best driver of the golf ball and look at him. He's a, he's a string bean. Yeah. It's, it's having, he, he has to just know how to like maximize every single piece of like bot, like uh, whatever kind of power he's able to generate, like from that, the frame that he has, it's just truly like astounding and that no one else can figure out like how to do that. It's just right. in, insane. Right. Yeah. Like Bryson, you know, that, that dude puts on 80 pounds of muscle and enters long drive competitions and does all this stuff in his, you know, first in driving by like two yards over Rory, who's, you know, 85 pounds lighter and, you know, six inches shorter. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it just, crazy. yeah. It, if, to me, it'd be more special if, if you got some of these guys and I'm not saying it has to be phony, but just like get the hype machine around some of these guys. So you build some, some fan base and some admiration and some, uh, you know, some following to get, to get people, I don't know, more, more into it make these guys look special because they are it's just it's crazy good sure all right cool thank you for uh letting me get some of that off my chest i'm gonna try to be (laughs) try to be more positive here going forward um yeah so what i'll say like just taking it back to towards the pool a little bit but i know like obviously after week week one was like we saw the the most carnage for our pool that that we've seen yet in the first four weeks and so after that, I got, you know, we had a lot of first time joiners here. A lot of people who didn't really know what, what it was about and we were learning. So I got a cut, you know, some negative, some responses, text messages be like, well, I, I don't know why I joined this. Like, <laughs> like this is so, like, this is stupid. Like, what, what's the point here? And now we got some people on some, like, you know, four and five week stretch is here. Nice runs a little bit. And now I'm hearing like yep. sort of diff- a different. Yeah, know, it's funny how that works, like, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like I know what I'm doing now, so it's it's good. You know, I did have a little success, and uh, I think people are, are seeing that. You know, the, you can sort of get on a nice little run here, and and uh, hopefully that's you know increasing interest a little bit, and, and people are enjoying themselves. So it was. I I know at least one instance. I I know. Uh, so Matt Kuchar needed Eagle to uh, make the cut on the number going down 18, the par five, and he had like a 50 yard pitch shot that he had to make. And I'm texting back and forth with somebody else in the pool, like, oh, shoot, it's going to knock out two people. And we're both watching, like, you know, a uh, Sunday afternoon chip shot, you know, like, like exhilarated by it. 
So at least in that way, you know, we got some something positive going on. Hundred percent, yeah. All right. So on that vein, let's let's touch on uh, Pebble a little bit. Um, make like a little recap. I, I think primarily, at least for me, I don't want to go too deep into it because I think the wind just played too much of a factor to really get a strong read. I, I think you know when you boil it down to it, if your guy had a great wind schedule. Um, out in the morning before it got rough, he he went low and made the cut. And if he didn't, uh, you know, it was sort of up from there. I will say what I did take away from this, the the conspiracy theorists were out on Twitter, were uh, changing the cut in the middle of a tournament, changing the format from Tide 60 to Tide 65. And that helped me personally. And I know a couple other people because Tom Hoagie and Jordan Spieth and uh, um uh, Smalley made the cut right on the number. That'd be quite a few eliminations. I've never seen that before. There was some talk on Twitter that that was a Jordan Spieth conspiracy to uh, to make sure that he got he got to the Sunday. I didn't hear that before. Yeah, yeah that was definitely a first for me as well. I mean, this tournament like was just an absolute mess. Like the, they had everything from like insane winds, hailstorms, standing water, stoppage of play, Monday finish. The withdrawal list was off the charts. That was and crazy. I, I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't more like you and I both, you know, we had a little interest oh. in Fitzpatrick, a little Fitzpatrick drama, you know, and I was thinking maybe he was going to withdraw. He ended up not. He, he should have. I wish. He, yeah. He, <laughs> he posted, I think he went seven over in like three, three holes or something. I don't know. but It was crazy. Um, there, I was following some shot link in like late on, I, I get the days confused now, but it feels like Saturday, late on Saturday, which would have been middle of round three because of the delays. Like you're just watching the shot tracker and these guys are just all hitting the ball out of bounds and you're just watching the gusts at 40 miles an hour. And, and it's just stupid. Like these guys can't even keep the ball in play. They're taking triples and doubles and just playing themselves out of a tournament. But a guy like Matt Fitzpatrick, you know, finishing like something like five over on three pretty easy courses. You just throw that out for me. Yeah. Like this is not really even going to reflect on his game at all. Unless, you know, this is going to be a one of one tournament. You know, I pick him with confidence over the winner of the tournament here, you know, all day. Um, yeah, I, I didn't take a lot from it. Like you said, a messy weekend stop starts, uh, you know, wind delays, hail delays. Um, but then a winner in Justin Rose, and it had been a little bit. It's good to see him win. Uh, you know, that's a little nostalgia. Um, but certainly on to what I hope is a, a way more exciting weekend. So why don't we get right into it? The, the, the best, the best non-major of the year so far for me. The Waste Management Classic at TPC Scottsdale. It's it's you know it's a it's a pretty special tournament in the uh, in the atmosphere and the crowds and it's uh it's way different. It'll be played at TPC Scottsdale, seventy two hundred yards. Um, this is the first of the tours what they're calling elevated events with uh, way more prize money. I think it's three point two five million to the winner. Um, and with that, it attracts some some heavy talent. Um, I know Kev mentioned it earlier. Uh, top 22 out of 25 guys in the world. Um, I know we'll be seeing some European debuts for the first time in the PGA. Uh, McElroy will be coming over for the first time. Um, Shane Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, um, Tyrrell Hatton, pretty much anybody who plays in the European tour, you're going to see for the first time this weekend. Um, and, and it's good to see them get out there, but an exciting weekend. Um, what are you thinking when you look at this course in the format, what sticks out? Yeah, I love what you said earlier about the, you know, just kind of the closing thoughts on Pebble and, and for the most part, throwing that stuff out. And I think that even kind of 
alludes back to our original conversation that we had of like afterwards not being so result focused right so like for example there's there's so many examples but like um guys that i can almost guarantee we'll have a good week this week or we'll come right back it's like for me i mean i'm gonna focus on my guys just because that's who i happen to pay the most attention yeah. to but um you know like putnam i i think again like he just he had four solid weeks leading up to this week and like this is the one he just happened to not get it done so again is that a bad pick like i i, I don't think so like I, I would go back to him now do i have the balls to go back to him this week we will see yeah. but same thing like another one is keith mitchell i used him week one missed the cut and he's been having a great like three week stretch he was leading the tournament going into sunday this week so um same thing a number of guys like that just because if, if 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 you're putting the work in and like seeing a guy that you think is having good form like for four weeks, that's significant data, right? Like yep. just because he misses the cut and you pick him and he misses the cut doesn't mean you were wrong. You're just it, that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's going to be who fails the best at this, right? And for the longest, you know, who can hang the longest, really? So yeah, especially in a week like last week where it really was, in my opinion, tee time dependent. So regardless of form, like the the guy could be playing amazing golf and, and hitting everything perfect. And, you know, if you catch the wrong gust and, and there's like a tight, tight fairway like this was on this tournament, like it was just going to be a mess in it. And it was um, this this event. I think when I'm reading up on, on what we have to prepare for and who we should be focusing on and who's going to have success. To me, this is a tee to green event and i don't think putting and short game is going to be as important and and i read some things that this is a uh this is stated as bermuda grass on the greens but i've read that it's sort of like this fast bermuda that's not a term that i i like coined or am familiar with but from what i understand it's very firm and very fast and therefore putting is sort of de-emphasized um i know that just under 90% of 10-foot putts were made two years ago at this event. There's always a pretty strong uh, putting performance from everybody because it is so fast. There's not as much, uh, not as much um, reading, I guess, uh, of a ton of break. Um, so I'm looking at uh, ball strikers, as always, and I'm also looking at some of the bombers. This is another, uh, another long course. Um, I, I, from what I've read, 60% of all uh, all par fours uh, tee shots are over 300 yards here. Um, I know there are a lot of reachable par fives that present some eagle opportunities. So those are the guys I'm looking at just in terms of golf. But then the, the factor here, sort of the X factor at this tournament, is I want some guys that have, I don't want to sound corny when I say this, I want some guys that have some swag. I want some confidence. I want borderline arrogance. I want somebody that's going to be able to play into the crowd and be fed by the crowd and not distracted by and sort of taken apart. And, you know, I just think of, I think of 16 and it's that par three with the stands and John Ron comes up to that tee and puts on that Arizona state Jersey. And you just know that crowd gets going and he's just going to throw a dart. And there are some guys that can embrace that. And there are some guys that you just don't really want to see in that scenario. <laughs> Uh, you get chirped at this tournament. Guys get booed. There is heckling. It's a, it's a pretty rowdy crowd. So that's a little X factor, uh, you know, when I'm thinking about who I want to go with. 100%. Yeah. Um, I love love this course. Love the atmosphere. I listen to – I try to listen to a couple uh, pods and, like, different golf shows before – on Mondays, like, leading up to us recording this just to try to do a little research and hear what people are talking about. But the one guy I was listening to, he was talking about having um, – 
his bachelor party at this event. And so it was oh. one of the years where they had the double Super Bowl um, yep. waste management the same weekend, right? Like, like this weekend is coming up. And um, he was talking about like sitting, there's a, on 17, I guess there's a spot you can sit on the hill and everyone's just like hammered, but people like roll down the hill. Like they, they just <laughs> let themselves roll down the hill. And people were like actively betting on like how long it would take them to like get back up after they <laughs> reached the bottom of the hill. So like everyone was just like, like hammered. He said that a fist fight broke out on like one of the tee boxes, like while, while Ricky was teeing off. So it's just a it, like completely different, obviously golf atmosphere. And I think, but I think that's one of the things, like you said, is that like, this is what they found a way with this sort of like, different style and embracing this kind of you know uh, you might think it's like kind of ridiculous behavior but like again it's getting ratings and viewers and like people are interested and people want to go and watch live and and people want to watch on tv more so than they have you know in the previous weeks so if it's getting ratings like you, that's what you got to find a way to do somehow um but yeah some interesting names obviously um like we we said it before amazing field a couple guys i'm looking at not sure if these will be selections, but um, guys, I'm definitely interested by one. I, I mentioned his name just previously it was Ricky Fowler. So he obviously had a huge, huge decline in his career over like the past, whatever it's been. Uh, I don't even know how long at this point, but it's been a while. Lost his card at one point. Um, but he's had some relatively good success, like recently. Hasn't been playing too much, but he's definitely had success at this tournament. And definitely the guy who's in there for like the fanfare and sort of that crowd atmosphere. So I'd be interested to see how he does this week. I don't know if I have the utmost confidence to take him in a survivor league, but definitely a guy I'll be keeping um, an eye on. How about you? You looking at anybody? Yeah, I had him on my list too. He's, he's a big fan favorite. There are some great cheers on 16 when he comes to the tee that I'm sure will be uh, bleeped out on the tour cast. And this is another, uh, just if you're watching something that I can sort of keep, you know, relay some of the things that I like watching in these tournaments, the stretch of 15, 16, 17, and 18 here at this course are an awesome closing stretch for me. So 15 is a reachable par five. The second shot to the green is over water. So that's a, a pretty exciting, um, you know, turning point in, in the tournament of where some people can gain strokes. If you're watching on Sunday when people are coming down the stretch, that'll be an exciting, exciting hole right there to, to see if people will be going for it. Then you're coming to the stadium course, par three. That's, that's a crazy crowd. And then 17 is a very short par four that's drivable. And it has water uh, bordering one entire side, but it's another hole where um, not only are you going to see guys driving the green, which is always exciting, but it has the most 80 foot putts on tour, 80, 80 plus foot putts, which you don't really see very often. And if you're going to watch guys with some incredible skill, like this is a place where, you know, professional golfers are very skilled when they're putting these 80, 90, hundred foot putts to within tap in distance on their second one. And then obviously with, with those three sort of very gettable holes, now you're on 18 to, to close out just a great stretch that I like watching. It's, it's a good, um, good little view. Um, but when I'm thinking about my guys, I, I want ball striking, um, in sort of my top tier guys, my favorites. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong picking John Rom here. Like, I, I just don't see a scenario where he misses the cut, uh, for one. Uh, I don't know if I'm picking him to win the tournament. I, I see him at eight to one. That's a little, uh, you know, that doesn't really do it for me. Um, but in that favorite category, I like Colin Morikawa at 18 to one. Um, just if you're picking a tee to green guy, um, that's the best one in the world. 
Uh, so if the greens are going to roll in a way where it sort of maybe de-emphasizes some putting, um, that makes him even a stronger fit, uh, even though he has limited history here. And then I also like Tony Finau at, at 20 to one. Um, another guy, if you just take away putting like, you know, T to green, there, there's not many better again. Uh, so maybe this is where he breaks through. And another guy who's a huge fan favorite and another viral video is him, um, you know, after the year that Kobe died uh, on 17, chipping in with the Kobe jersey on, everybody chanting Kobe. Uh, a pretty cool moment in this tournament, too. So so he's a big fan favorite. We'll play into the crowd. And I think that only helps him. Um, so those are my favorites. Uh, but, but back to you. Besides Ricky, who are you liking? Definitely. Uh, yeah, you hit on a couple guys there. I'm interested, uh, very interested in Rory because we haven't seen him very much this year on the PGA Tour. He's had some great success, you know, overseas. But, um, you know, obviously I lo- love seeing him coming over here and, and playing in these tournaments. And uh, it's definitely a guy I'll be looking at. Um, I like JT as well. Just the, num- the, the betting number is mostly what kind of stood out to me. I think that he's, that number's a little high for him in relation to the other guys, you know, seeing him up there. I saw him. I'm looking now at DraftKings is 20 to one, but I think I saw him at like 24 somewhere else today. So I think that's just kind of a high number for him. And I, um, you know, I think he has, he's getting a little disrespected there. A little looking down a um, couple other, Oh, another, another guy to go back to. It'd be interesting to see how many people go back to Matt Fitzpatrick this week after last week. Cause again, like the injury info came out, how much of that, like the play was because of the weather was the injury bothering him? You got to think if he's not withdrawing, like everything was set up for him to withdraw last week if he wanted to, right? And so like the fact that he didn't, it was frustrating last week, but kind of gives me a little more confidence in thinking that, you know, he, he the, the game's there and he feels okay. It's just not, didn't have a great week last week because of the weather maybe. A um, couple other guys looking a little bit further on down the list. Um I like I use Seamus Power um, in a different league we had this week. He's been showing some really good form. He had an awesome weekend this past week. He's as low as one uh, plus one ten. I'm seeing or 110 to one. Um, so I, I think that he's another guy I'm, I'll be looking at for sure. And I, I wanted to touch also on you. You mentioned that that great finishing stretch. I think that's another thing that really a lot of tournaments. Uh, are lacking and this one certainly is not like the, the beginning part of this tournament or the more difficult stretch is, the, is like the front nine or the the middle portion of the golf course but the, the as you mentioned a ton of exciting closing holes and that has made for some incredibly strong finishes I, I heard a stat today something like I'm going to get the numbers wrong but an, an insane number of these tournaments have gone to a playoff and and it, it just creates for this like electric atmosphere with those closing holes like you mentioned like a few drivable ones some scoring holes uh and that, so that's where we see like some really great runs out of these players and, and they're able to make up some ground on, on those finishing holes yep you're absolutely right yeah coming down the stretch you know there's just multiple eagle opportunities to close the close the day and that's not usually the case so so guys can come from behind uh rather quickly to um to get to the top um yeah, man, when I go back to, to who I'm looking at, a couple other guys that are sort of in the mid-tier. Um, I like Sam Burns at 33 uh, to 1, another great ball striker. I like Keith Mitchell at 80 to 1. Uh, again, another great ball striker who's also in great form after that, that miscut to begin the season and begin the pool. Um, uh, and then sort of when I think of long shots, uh, guys that you know are fun to bet outright, but not not a great chance that they're actually going to win the tournament. But guys that I like betting top five, top ten, or first round leader stuff, I like Garrick Higo 
uh, at 150 to one. Uh, love that dude. <laughs> Another great ball striker. And Lefty then, too. Yep. And then, and then probably the worst putter on tour, um, Luke List at 150 to one, who is like literally the best ball striker on tour, maybe, you know, Morikawa aside, but always in the top 10 in ball striking, but the shakiest putter ever. And if he is ever on the, on the, like, you know, the, the tour cast or whatever you're watching, watch him from just inside three feet. It is an adventure. He's all over the place, but again, hoping that this very fast, very firm greens will maybe neutralize some of that. And then finally, um, my longest shot at 250 to one, Eric Van Royen, um, who uh, missed the cut at Pebble Beach, um, but again, a very uh, a very good ball striker, great uh, distance off the tee, um, and I'm hoping that uh, you know some of that Pebble Beach stuff was because of the wind. He was actually on some of the stuff that I was watching. Um, so again, maybe he's at a discounted price. I actually thought you know some of the guys he's behind at this tournament. I would not have thought he's behind. Some of the guys I just said, like, you know, Luke List at 125, like this guy had 100 times more. I didn't really see that coming. Okay. Um, yeah, and then said, just, just you, said, you said List was 125. 150, and I'm seeing Van Royen okay. at 250. That was, I that see was Van Royen on DraftKings right now is 350. Okay. So well, I got to change books then, Although I guess. DraftKings is not, we're not eligible. Maybe, yeah, uh, yeah the Encore uh, Sportsbook opened up. We'll see what not, they got over not there. Not yet. I would like that. <laughs> And then finally, Kip, I can speak a little bit to Fitzpatrick because unfortunately I was watching him. Um, I, I honestly thought he was playing fine um, until he he uh, got hit by the wind. I've never thought he's a guy that's just going to make birdie after birdie after birdie after birdie. That's just not his game. Um, but he was on a pace that very, very easily would have made the cut in this tournament on those short courses um, until he went like triple, double, triple. Um, and then it's a wrap from there. Um, but he didn't look hurt. He he didn't look shaky. So, you know, again, I don't know if I'll pick him there just because there are so many heavy hitters, but I didn't think it was a game concern. I thought it was a conditions concern with him. All right. Good stuff. Cool. So I got, you know, we got, we got a short time left. Let's go off the cuff right here. I just thought of it. You're all swag team for this, for this tournament. I'll give you three picks. I got, I got a few people. And I, when I think of this, and you know what? It'll just go in right in my first pick, and I'll just get right into it. I looked at Tom Kim's name, and all I could think of was, I cannot wait for this dude to get to 16 and just stuff one close and then showboat to the crowd. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, Tom Kim would be on my all number 16 at TPC Scottsdale team of guys I want to see on the on the team hitting that shot. 100%. Yeah, Uh uh, you mentioned this guy before as well, but ha- I think I have to throw Hatton on there. Not oh, because he's the best. It was it's going to go one way or the other. Like yeah. he's he's either going to let the the crowd get to him like in a way that just completely like fucks him over, like he's just going to crumble and start screaming, or like get in a fist fight with someone, or like it could also I think motivate him and and be a positive thing as well. But like it won't be in the middle. It'll be yes. one or the other. <laughs> uh, he's a fantastic watch man. I love that dude. Um, my number two, Harry Higgs, uh, my guy who, by the way, is actually playing some very solid golf recently under the radar. He did play well last weekend. Did he not? Yeah. Wade played really good and played well the weekend before that. I thought too. So maybe onto something, but just on 16, you know, shirt off last year, like beer everywhere. My number two. For sure. Um, ah, that's good. Okay. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, I don't. I really know. put you on the spot here, dude. No, nah, you're good. You're good. I think okay. So I so from this guy when he won, so just heard some insane stories. But when he won the Open Championship, Shane Lowry oh. apparently can like can drink like crazy. So I would like to see him maybe like chug a beer on one of the tea boxes or something like that. You know, Irishman definitely can party. I don't know if he has the um, if he has the flair for it, but yeah. he can definitely pound beers. I'm sure. And then, uh, let's see, who else? You got any more? Yeah, I got a villain. I, I just can't wait to see Matt Kuchar's cheap ass come to 16, uh, <laughs> you know, flub one right off the green and get booed to Bolivia. So do uh, people know about that? Like, like, is that an unknown, like, story, do you think? I, or is that, I think it is, but I'm it not It really should sure. be. I mean, it's pretty notorious <laughs> on tour. I mean, my wife knew it. Like, okay. so she didn't okay. know the exact story, but she's like, isn't he the cheap one? And I was okay. like, yeah, he actually is. How'd you know? <laughs> So I don't know if it's that makes it like more common knowledge, but yeah, he's a cheapo. Oh, and I, I another one that just came to mind. This is one of the all-time meltdowns that we've never seen. Also, I don't even know if he's in the field this week, but Billy Horschel is he playing? He's in there. Oh he's my god! There. Okay. The yeah, so this, yeah. So we picked him a couple of years back in one of these pools, and he turned. You know, he goes from Billy Horschel to Billy Ho, and he went full Billy Ho with the turn the hat around, yeah. and like we Ed and I are both on him to make the cut. Like we need him to just. To just like have a stretch of pars and make the cut, and it just became very clear that like he was going to turn it south and like just make the biggest number that he could, like just an absolute meltdown on the course. So I could see, and he seems like a guy who takes things very much to heart. So like if somebody says the wrong thing in the crowd, I can see him having a little bit of a meltdown as well. Yep. As soon as you hear "Oh Billy," you know it's a wrap <laughs> for him. All right, dude. That just got me fired up. I'm good, man. We ready to wrap it up? I think so. Yep. Cool, good man. Stuff. All right, dude. Good luck to everybody. Um, I think we got 15 untouched, so let's uh, let's keep it that way going into next week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, man. See you, dude. See you.